I'm Gregory Berg. The studios of WGTD are closed all this week because of the holidays, so there are no morning show broadcasts. But the morning show podcast goes on, and this week I'm choosing to replay memorable morning shows from earlier in the year that are tied to special events or occasions. One of those special occasions was the national championship, in fact, the second-in-a-row national championship won by the men's volleyball team at Carthage College. Here is the memorable morning show interview that I recorded with the coach and two of the star players after that great victory. And on this edition of the morning show, I am so excited to be able to circle back to the great game of volleyball. For those of you who were listening to the morning show last Friday, you heard a conversation that I recorded with Dalen Instanis, a young man who grew up uh, in Racine, but who spent the last year playing professional volleyball in Sweden. And we talked with Dalen about what that experience was like. We're returning now to the sport of volleyball today because of something much closer to home and incredibly exciting. Carthage College's men's volleyball team scored its second consecutive Division Three national championship, an amazing accomplishment. And I'm really excited on today's morning show to be able to talk with three gentlemen who were uh, instrumental in that tremendous triumph. First of all, at the helm of the men's volleyball uh, team, coach J.W. Kikheffer and two of his star players, two of many star players on this amazing team, uh, Matthew Slavinsky, who uh, is a senior, and Zachary Bultice, who is a junior. And uh, the two of them, and along with their uh, teammates, uh, went on an extraordinary 24-game winning streak this season and uh, and just kept going like an unstoppable train uh, through the, the national tournament and ultimately scoring a dramatic and hard-fought victory over Springfield College to, again, win their second consecutive national championship. Uh, and that last match was played before a capacity crowd at Tarbell Arena. And uh, if you go on YouTube, you can watch it and experience all of the uh, uh, amazing excitement for yourself. So anyway, I'm so glad that we have these uh, three guys with us today to talk about the season and to talk about the sport of volleyball, which they love so much and in which they excel to such an amazing extent. Coach uh, J.W. Kiehever and uh, Matthew Slavinsky and Zachary Bultice, we welcome all three of you to the morning show. Thanks. We're happy to be here. Happy to uh, talk a little men's volleyball. Not as much of, of that. It's not as popular a sport in America as we'd like to hope it would be someday, but excited to... Uh, talk about a little bit today well it's certainly popular in these parts thanks to uh, your incredible exploits on the on the on the on the court i thought it would be interesting to first of all get a little personal history from each of you on on your own connection to the sport and uh, coach uh Kikheffer, let's start with you uh, i know that you've played volleyball for quite a long time and 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 played it right at carthage uh tell us where you first were introduced to the sport yeah um my dad coach was coach for volleyball he actually didn't play a whole ton of volleyball until he got older um, but he started playing a lot of beach um, throughout his life and then started coaching the high school girls team uh, where I grew up in Hartford Wisconsin so um, for me uh, that was like my time to spend with dad in the fall I'd go into his practices when I was like five and run around and grab the balls and put it back in the ball cart so um, that volleyball for me has always been something that is something to spend time with my dad and get to do that and he was a coach of mine 
for a relatively shorter time when I was like 12 and 13 until I kind of outphased his maybe volleyball brain um, and then went on to uh, play collegiate volleyball. So um, yeah, volleyball for me has always been something very close to my heart because of it's just been something I've always done and been around. Yeah. Did you play other sports as well? And how did you fold volleyball into that? Or has that been pretty much your sole athletic pursuit? I think all of us always in, in men's volleyball, particularly like we all played different sports. I don't think any of us just just played volleyball. I think um, in so growing up, I played pretty much everything. Um, I gravitated a little bit more towards um, volleyball just because I was better at it comparative to the other. I spent more time at it. So I was better at it compared to the other sports. Um, but I played basketball and, and baseball and stuff growing up. Um, I actually ended up playing tennis in high school. But, um, yeah, volleyball was kind of the first love and, and where I stuck. Great. Uh, Matt Slavinsky, uh, who is our senior. Remind me, Matt, what is your major at Carthage? Uh, finance. Okay. So uh, tell us uh, when, when and where and under what circumstances you were introduced to the game of volleyball. I do th- seem to remember hearing in an interview that you have some sisters who are pretty good at the sport. What does that have to do with your introduction to it? Um, yeah, I think from a young age, I must have been around maybe nine or ten. Um, is when I first got into the sport, and that was because my sister, I think, just uh, made the high school team, um, and I kind of wanted to, you know, do what uh, they did since they're a little bit older than me. And um, I started off um, being on a guys' team that only played girls' teams, um, and. Let me tell you, we were not very good. <laughs> um, it was a little humbling um, that, you know, like the guys couldn't beat the girls. But um, since then, uh, I started playing club volleyball when I was 14. Um, played on my high school team and then found Carthage and came here. What drew you, drew you to Carthage? Um, just the uh, almost like the status of uh, the college, um, how many um, – how many times that Carthage was in uh, the running for the national championship. And, and uh, also I got to love the lake here uh, right on Lake Michigan. Um, and just a group of guys that I met when I came here. Very good. Zachary Boltites, how about you? When were you introduced to, uh, to volleyball? So um, I actually played hockey for about eight, nine years before I touched volleyball. I uh, was first introduced in middle school. And I played on like my middle school team for a year or two uh, while I was playing hockey. And then I ended up leaving hockey around my freshman year of high school. And then that summer before my sophomore year, I was kind of like, well, I'm taller than everyone else. Let's try volleyball. Um, All my friends uh, at the time that were girls all played volleyball. And they kind of just like drew me in and we played beach together in the summer. And they told me about a local club that was pretty good. So I went over there and that's when I first walked in and, was like, let's give it a try. Uh, I ended up playing there for three years and then working my way up to Carthage. Cool. And you left hockey behind and ne- with no looking back. It was it was a really tough decision. I loved it so much and I was pretty good at it. I just didn't feel like I was getting the opportunities I wanted and I just wanted a new start and try something completely different. Hmm. Cool. I want to ask each of you, uh, starting with you, Coach, about um, what – the experience of volleyball and I mean, along with other sports at Carthage, how they were affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And of course, especially in the early going where so many things shut down to such a large extent. um, What kind of a challenge did that pose uh, for you and for your guys? I mean, I think 
part of the reason, as Matt said, part of the reason why a lot of the guys come here and why I think we've been so competitive for so long here at Carthage is our, our team's pretty close. Um, our guys really enjoy being around each other and they do a lot of stuff together outside of the gym. So um, I think COVID particularly affected us in, in, in that interesting space of going home and they couldn't be around each other and trying to find ways to still um, interact as friends without being able to be together for a little bit. I know that was tough on a lot of them. Um, I think it was particularly tough on us. My, that was my first year, my first year head coaching, um, my first year here at Carthage. Um, so to get that shut down, we were 12 and three, I think that year. Um, and it just kind of hit our stride. We had made some adjustments after losing a couple matches in the middle of the year, uh, made some adjustments to the system. And I don't think we had lost a set in like three weeks at that point when we got shut down. Mm-hmm. So I know we really felt like we were kind of rolling. Um, and then it got shut down and kind of had that massive break. So we were all super bummed that we couldn't finish out what we had all started. Um, and yeah, I think everybody had to do it. It's just been such a grind, um, through that space. I know, um, everybody's gone through some mental health things about, about being more home and not being able to be with friends as much. Um, I think getting back into the swing of things, it's just been a grind getting back and, um, some, have good, some good days, some bad days. I'm still dealing with those stuff. So I'm happy that we're like, such a great group of young men that, are good friends and can help each other deal with the good times, the bad times. And um, we've had a lot of good times since coming back. And, and I'm really proud of that and proud of how we fight. Um, but particularly, I'm really proud of how these guys have come together as a unit and been supportive of each other. Cool. Guys, do you have anything to add about that time a couple of years ago, especially when COVID shut everything down? How did, how were you able to keep things going and keep your, keep your bond as solid as it was? Um, I think that, the, like one of the hardest parts for me was uh, seeing seniors that year lose their season. Um, that's got to be, you know, super tough. Um, but I actually talked to Braden recently, um, one of our seniors in that class. And um, like, I know that's like one of the biggest, like I would call it a regret because he could, he can't regret it. Right. It's not a decision he made, but one of the things like biggest wishes in he life that he can have back, right. is that senior season. Um, and they're really compete for it. Um, you know, Jacob, uh, Lard, Braden Wallman's and, and Ben Perez, they were awesome teammates. So it's really sad for them. Like Matt said. Yeah. I suppose in some ways that makes this triumph even sweeter because you realize you probably appreciate it even in a deeper level than you, than you probably did before. Um, one of your teammates, I don't remember who, but in one of the little kind of capsule biographies that have been shared on Facebook, when he described the team, said that what he appreciated the most was the intense but fun culture, which I thought was a really interesting choice of words. Uh, and, and it kind of makes you realize that it's probably easy to do one or the other, but not, maybe not necessarily easy to, 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 to manage both an intense culture that's also fun. Coach, let's start with you. What what do you do with this team to try to foster both ends of that spectrum? And then it's we'll probably, see what your athletes think. It's probably more of a question for Matt and Zach, to be, to be honest with you. I think um, one of the things that um, I've tried to instill with this group in three years, and, and we're going to try to continue to do that here as Matt takes off, <laughs> um, is that these guys lead each other from within and, and um, they're the ones who win and lose at the end of the day. Right. And particularly the ones who win have done a really nice job of that over the last couple of years. Um, but like, I, I'm here for them. I'm here to kind of help push them in the right direction and help guide them in the right direction. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's the culture they want to be within. And 
um, and how they want to lead each other and how they want to move each other forward. Now, I think it, I think we do a really nice job and I'm, and I'm hoping we, we, we continue to do that, but I think we do a really nice job of um, allowing ourselves to be like people and have fun while we're in the gym together, while the balls aren't necessarily up in the air, right? Um, when we're stretching um, before practice, after practice, um, when they're in the locker room, right? Of, of not trying to like limit what we can talk about or what we can have fun with, like really having them be a team in that space and the balls go up and we play really hard <laughs> um, and we're competitive. And I think um, one of the guys said like, you're really, you're really locked in in the gym and then you're like a good person, you're like a good friend or something like that outside of the gym. I think that's probably what explains me, probably my level with that. I don't know how you guys would describe it. Yeah. I think that we're such a close knit team that like we're able to kind of um, turn on and off the seriousness that we have for the game. So like JW said, like once we start actually, um, you know, getting into practice, we're able to take it seriously um, while also, you know, um, volleyball is a, a short choppy game. So like there's a lot of downtime between points. We can joke around with each other. Um, but when we have to focus up, we do. Hmm. Zach, you want to add anything? Yeah. It's, um, I always like to say like practices are always a lot more fun than they were in high school for me just because, I like genuinely enjoyed going to practice and like getting better and having fun with those guys. Cause every single one of those guys, like they want to be there. They want to get better. They want to have fun doing it. And when we're playing sixes, like you can tell, like it's intense. Like everyone wants to get better. Everyone wants to win, but like even in our drills, like we do that, but we're also like smiling, having fun, cracking jokes and the while we're waiting to go up to hit the ball. And it's just, it's a really fun atmosphere too. Yeah. I wanted to mention a moment in the the final with uh, Springfield in the third match, which is uh, actually the, the the one set that you lost. Uh, <laughs> it was incredibly Thanks close. Up, Greg, appreciate it. What's that? Thanks for bringing up the set we lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I wanted to mention this. I don't know. I don't know when you're in the middle of a match. Maybe you don't remember specific points, but there was this incredible point, and I timed it. I went back and rewatched it. It lasted 37 seconds, and it was just back and forth and back and forth, this most amazing volley. And I think at one point the ball maybe even hit the ceiling or something. But, I mean, it was incredibly dramatic and went on and on and on and on. And then ultimately, I think uh, I think Carthage lost the point Yeah. <laughs> after all that. And But the thing that struck me besides that amazing volley was um, – how you guys, Carthage, Matt, you especially, were laughing at the end of it. It's like you were just kind of delighting in what an amazing point it was, even though you lost it. And and I, I don't know, that to me that said something like, um, I have a feeling these guys are going to win this match because um, you're taking it seriously, but not so seriously that you're going to get in your own way. It's like you're able to let go of the points that don't go your way for whatever reason. I don't know. I was really impressed that it was the, I don't know, the right kind of levity, the right kind of joy with which you were playing. Do you have any recollections of that? Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, really in, like important in volleyball is that since, you know, um, each point is separated by, you know, a whistle and then some time to come together with your team is to, you have to forget the point that just happened. Um, you have to, find energy from it, but you have to forget uh, whatever mistake you made or uh, whatever happened on the other side. It's 
it's really just about the next point. And that's how you win championships is not um, letting what happened before hurt you in any way. Yeah, it's funny how you mentioned like. Were you on the court for that point, Zach? Or I, were you on the bench? For that? I, I was on the court for one of those like insanely long rallies because I remember like going back up to the net and like I just could not catch my breath. And then <laughs> the next whistle was blown, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this all over again without like being able to like stand right now. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it's funny how you mentioned like we were kind of like laughing after that point, even though we lost it. It reminds me like I think it was like the first set of. Wentworth the first round like we started down like 4-0 like the first the first set of the national league tournament and my roommate told me like we kind of came together in a huddle and you can just see all of us kind of laughing because like we know like we were confident that like we know what we're doing and it was just kind of funny to like start off like that and like just like the confidence and the love of the game knowing that like even though those points didn't go our way like that was it was pretty funny. Like, let's move on. Let's get the next one. I think there's a couple of things to that one. Like, um, I, I I think I remember the point we're talking about. And like, I think we made like three or four ridiculous digs just to keep that point alive. And Springfield was kind of on the offense the entire time. And we're just putting balls up in the air trying to survive. Um, and and so like for us in that space, like to that that point was more fr- even though Springfield won it. I think they're more frustrated that we dug so many balls. Right. And so we're almost happy that we frustrated them in that space and brought balls back and made it tough for them to score. And now maybe while they did score, like I, I remember that point is almost like we were happy that we made that thing happen. We we're playing such great defense. Right. Um, and on top of the Zach's thing, too, and, and kind of what Matt said, what's made this team so special over the last two years is um, we just believe we're going to win. And, and one of the reporters asked Matt at the end of the match, it's against Springfield. She said, at what point did you think you were going to win? And Matt said, before we started, like, <laughs> I thought we were going to win the entire time. Um, and and that's that's just what this the, that team plays with confidence, right? And so whether you're down by four, whether you lose a long point, um, we just believe and trust ourselves and our group that we're going to find ways to win. And, and so in that space, like, it's almost funny that, that we did that, dug all those balls, and we lost the point, but we're going to win the match, so we just keep battling. Mm. And by the way, Matt was saying uh, he was certain you were going to win, even though Springfield was widely regarded, uh, probably mistakenly, as uh, the best team in the country. I mean, he was confident that you were going to upset Springfield, and of course, that's ultimately what you did. For those of you just joining us on today's morning show, I'm really pleased and honored to be speaking with J.W. Kikeffer, who is the head men's volleyball coach at Carthage College, and speaking also with two of the stars of the team, uh, Matt Slavinsky and Zachary Boltais. Uh, and this team powered its way to a second consecutive Division Three National Championship in men's volleyball, defeating Springfield College in a absolutely thrilling match uh, that went four sets. And uh, it was the culmination of an amazing season that uh, began in somewhat rocky fashion, but, uh, but ultimately there was a 24-game winning streak that was uh, a sight to behold. We're going to talk about the season in just a moment. Uh, Coach Kikeffer, I wonder if you would uh, explain to our listeners a little bit about the basic mechanics of how a volleyball match ensues at this level in terms of the guys we see on the court and the kind of the rotating in and out and, and, and that sort of thing. When, of course, people are playing just leisurely volleyball in the, in the city park, uh, it's not quite the same kind of strict rotation and, and, and so on. Uh, help us understand this aspect of the game because 
obviously it has a lot to do with uh, some of the important decisions you make as coach. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that and you're playing kind of like bar league or rec volleyball, right? Um, the biggest difference is that we all have positions in the court, right? So um, you have to start in a rotation where you have to go across all six locations. So in rec league volleyball, you start at right back, then you go middle back, then you go left back, and left front. So we still do that, right? But we line up in ways that get us into specific positions. So uh, Matt Slavinsky is one of our outside hitters. So he hits on the left side of the court in the front row. And he plays middle back in the back row. And so the way we line up when we serve the ball or the way we line up when we serve receive is to try to get him as close to those positions as he can while we're still in rotations of, you know, Matt has to stand in the left back area when he tries to hit the left front. Um, Zach Boltice is one of our middle blockers. So he plays the middle front position pretty exclusively. Um, and so we, the way we line up in serve receive or serving, we try to get him into the center of the court as soon as we possibly can. Um, and so there's just like position specific things, right. That, that make this different than like a rec league game. Um, and, and so Zach is one of our bigger athletes, um, one of our taller athletes. So he plays in the middle and he does a lot of like blocking, jumping at the net and, and making sure hitters can't hit balls down to the center of the floor. Um, and then he also attacks very quick. So the middle attackers attack balls like right next to the center because the center sets in the middle of the court and our middle attackers are attacking balls like really quick. Um, and then Matt is more one, one of more of our like ball control players, if you will, where he passes the ball a little more often. Um, uh, so he plays first, first contacts a lot and then he hits kind of the junk balls, right? We set if we don't pass the ball well, we set a really high ball up to him and then he hits the he hits it really hard um, on the outside position. Um, so yeah, so just some different positional specific things where, um, Slip has to deal with, there's, or sorry, Matt has to deal with some more first contacts and his technique has to be a little bit smoother. Um, where Zach gets to kind of just react and go really fast in different locations. So there, there's different parts of the positions that we, we have different players, um, doing different things. I, I wanted to ask you about the whole kind of rotation thing, because I remember when you talked about after the Springfield match that. Uh, you were especially concerned about their star player, um, Jared, Jared Anderson, right? Yep, Jared Anderson, yep. And, and I remember you making specific reference to some kind of adjustment that you needed to make, I think, in yeah. your rotation in terms of, like, who was where uh, in order to yep. sort of blunt his attack. Uh, in layman's terms, can you help us kind of understand a little bit about what you were talking about? Yeah, so there's a couple of things there that we went through in that interview I, that I probably used a lot of volleyball jargon there because there, was, there were volleyball people asking the question. So sure. I probably can't put it more in layman's terms there. Um, but so um, Jared Anderson, um, what I was talking about is he has the best serve on Springfield's team. Um, and the way we set up our passing lineup, so the guys who pass the serve, um, we often have our opposite step back and help us pass against Good servers, we have four guys in the server receive rotation when normally we only have three guys in the server receive rotation. So we would like, and we did in that match, try to bring all four of our guys that can pass back to pass his serve because he's so good, we wanted less space for him to serve into. Um, and so in sets one and two, we actually had all four guys step back. And so we were able to kind of control that serve really well because it was less space for us to cover as he's hitting it really hard at us. Um, and then in set three, um, the way that Springfield started their lineup. So when you, when you start a match, you kind of set who's in right back, who's in middle back, who's in left back. And the way that Springfield started their lineup and the way we started our lineup, um, Springfield rotate, like 
moved their rotation three from where they normally started. So they had Jarrett serving first. They normally had Jarrett in the front row first, and they came out and set three with Jarrett serving first, which I wouldn't quite quite say surprised us. We just came out in our best rotation. Um, but the way they set it up, they had Jarrett serving in a rotation where we couldn't pull our four guys back. Our opposite couldn't pass in that rotation. So we could only have three guys in serve receive. Um, and within that space, he kind of went off in a couple of service runs against us because we were having to pass more court maybe than we had been used to in sets one through two. Um, so in terms of that in rotation, or then we went to set four, um, we made sure that that didn't happen, <laughs> that he was serving into one of our rotations where we could step back with four passers. Um, and the other thing we did a lot is we had our libero. So there's always a guy that has a different jersey on, and he only plays the backcourt. That's the libero. Um, and so he goes steps in. For, so Zach's not great at first contacts. Zach does a really good job hitting and blocking. I'm very good at first contacts. I'm just not one of the best guys on our team. <laughs> so I'm not allowed. So we sub somebody else in for him with a different color jersey. Yep. And what we had been trying to do is, to, and that guy's name is Kyle Cohan. He's one of the best in the country. Um, and so what we were trying to do is get him into the center of the court more often with how he passed um, and that helped us out a lot too so that's kind of what we were talking about in that interview interesting so I think that's when people are watching the game more casually they don't understand necessarily that that all of you have very specific roles to play that is you can all do everything to varying degrees and are called upon to do everything to varying degrees but you each have I suppose your specialties that are, you're that you're really especially good at Coach, I also wanted to ask you about something you said in an interview, which I think involved at some point, maybe relatively early on in Matt Slavinsky's career at Carthage, where I think you asked him or needed him, called on him to play a little different role on the team. And I think you were making mention of that, really trying to highlight his selflessness as a player and his devotion to the team. Do you remember what I was talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's part of everybody with this group. Um, like, you know, we have 22, 22 guys in this team and only seven starting spots. And so everybody on this group, I think, is so selfish, self, selfless, excuse me. And they, they play for each other. Um, and, and guys on the second side of the net are getting the, the starters better, right? And it's about how we can win a national championship together as a unit and, and everybody believing in a role to help us win. Um, so really proud of everybody's selflessness, selflessness there and, and how they're in buying into the team. Um, yeah, we asked Matt to do something that isn't traditional for an outside to do. Um, and so usually outsides um, play middle back defense and they hit a quick, we call it a big, it's a back row quick. Um, and so that's one of his best sets is the back row quick. Um, and what outsides traditionally do is hit that set. Um, and so we actually, really my, from my first season to my second season, we kind of changed our lineup and had Matt play opposite of where he normally does and hit right back and hit balls on the right pin in the back row instead of the middle back in the front row or in the back row, excuse me. And so um, something he hadn't really done his entire career, something that you don't normally ask an outside to do. Um, and yeah, he, he was able to buy into to maybe what we needed to do as a team and to help us win in different ways. And um, this entire team, I think we just want to win. Right. And so if I come up with some crazy idea that I think is going to work, that's going to help us win. It, you know, I'm really thankful for them to try to buy into it and try it. And, and Matt did that a while ago. Uh, how tough was that for you, Matt? Um, I mean, it's obviously not the traditional thing to do. So I wasn't, you know, 100% excited to do it. But uh, like JW said, like, it's about buying in 
And like, I think that's what got us to championships is buying into our coach and buying into our system. Hmm. Well put. By the way, coach, I wanted to ask you about when somebody has a hitting percentage or rating, or I, I forgive me yep. for being so clunky with the terminology, but I think yeah. at, at some point, Matt Flavinsky, for instance, had a hitting whatever of 0.368. Uh, can you explain what that statistic means? Yeah. Well, let's talk about Zach's hitting percentage of 900 or whatever that was in the Final Four, which is pretty pretty wild. So oh. uh, basically, your hitting percentage is um, you basically it's your kills. It's actually more of an efficiency than a percentage. So um, it's your kills minus your errors over your total attempts. So um, that's why it's an efficiency more than like a percentage. So you talk about kill percentage and that's kills, how many balls you've scored with over how many attacks you have. And then the efficiency, the number you see more often is the efficiency and that's kills minus errors. So basically like how many points are you scoring for your team? And then how many points are you not scoring for them? Right? So like if you have a negative hitting percentage, you're actually scoring more points for the other team than you're scoring for your own team. So that's not very good is when you have a negative one, because that means you're, you're helping the other team more than you're helping your team. Right. Um, thankfully we don't do that very often here. We thankfully we help our team more often. Um, so like Zach in the, in the, in the final four, I think you were 11, 0 and 12. So we had 11 kills, zero errors on 12 attempts. So that ended up being a nine, 12. You're the math guy, nine, 13. Um, so, and, and so like, we talk about hitting efficiencies, right? There's usually pretty good numbers for an outside hitter. 300 is, is like elite. You're doing some really, really good stuff at 300. Um, for a middle hitter hitting 450 is pretty elite. You're doing some really good things for a middle hitter. So Zach actually led the country this year in hitting percentage. Uh, you end up 500, like 513, 515, it was like 498, something like that. Yeah. So Zach actually led the country in hitting percentage as a, as a, player this year and then david marcus who was a sophomore for us was third in the country hitting percentage um and sliv i think was second in the country ace percent so we had a lot of big accolades but yeah the hitting percentages are kills minus your errors over attempts cool so zach um what would be some of the ways in which you have managed to uh achieve that level of excellence i mean like what do you do better now than maybe you did a year or two ago when it comes to that it's definitely uh, ever since my freshman year, we we've come up with crazier and crazier ideas <laughs> for me to hit the ball. Like uh, last year, we kind of like went into JW's office, and he was like sending me videos over the summer of like, hey, like go to the gym and just try this. Like just try this different route. Like try running at the center and jumping away. Try like running over here and then jumping towards the center. Just like different ways to get get around the block. And like me and uh, Gene are fortunate enough to like live kind of close to each other, and we kind of tried a bunch of random stuff over the summer. And then when we got here back in the fall, we just experimented. And all of those just like random routes just kind of like came together. And when, and then Gene got really good at finding the right time to use them and like getting me space and then like pulling blockers in different ways for other people to get kills. And a lot of that like efficiency, like it's, it's, a, it's cool. It's really cool to have like a number like that. And, but it's really just like, having like someone like Gene, like run the offense and having coach like come up with like random routes and stuff and just being creative. Mm. And it definitely worked out very well this year. Mm, for sure. For those of you just joining us, I'm speaking with coach uh, J.W. Kikeffer, head men's volleyball coach at Carthage, and uh, two of his star players, uh, 
uh, Zachary Boltice, we were just hearing, who's a junior, and Matthew Slavinsky, who is a senior. And uh, one thing, of course, that's been said uh, more than once in this interview is that it's a lot more than just Matt and Zachary and, and a lot more than the other star players that we've talked about. At one point, uh, Coach, I think you said guys 8 through 22 matter just as much. And, and I think one of the things you were saying as you were saying that is that guys 8 through 22 have a way of elevating the play of your starters. How does that happen exactly? I mean, in what way do they play that important a role? Yeah, I think like every team, right, um, it's important. Yeah, you know, you hear the adage all the time that like you're only as good as your weak, weakest link, right? You hear that all the time in sport. Um, it, it's really just one um, competing every single day and getting each other better, right? And, and so, um, you know, we're not our, our the guys who are playing right against Springfield are not as good if they're not challenged every single day in the practice gym um, by guys who are trying to score against them and beating them in sixes. Um, they they're the just coming back in the fall, right? Like people don't just be given starting lineup spots, right? You have to earn those spots. So the competition level in the gym in the fall of guys wanting to be starters and playing their tails off to be starters elevates everybody's game around them to be the best version of themselves they possibly can be. So it starts in the fall with guys, everybody having a chance to earn a starting job, right? And then as we kind of more work our way into maybe the guys who have played more right? Then it becomes guys buying into different roles and elevating those guys around them and, and trying to win a national championship. And that's often working their, working really hard to kind of challenge and beat that starting lineup. So they're always getting better. Um, but then you talk about guys like Easton Gavin, who came in and, and Evan Cashin, who came in and hit great serves for middle blockers. Zach hasn't served as much because of arm issues this year. And we had Easton Gavin and Evan Cashin go in and Zach Nolan go in and Justin Jurdat go in to put great serves in the court and play defense. So um, you don't always see that as much. Uh, Daniel Diner came in off the bench against North Central and I think the CCW final and played unbelievable, hit 500 and made great blocking moves. So, um, you know, it's it's those guys that help you win. Nick Cookingham against Loris last week of the season. Our setter was sick. Gene Milty was sick and Nick Cookingham had to come in and set like in the middle of the third set where our setter um, was having a tough day. So, um, like, it's just one of those things that you never know when your name's going to be called. And and hopefully those guys are prepared for the moment. And never single one of those guys is prepared this year and helped us win. Um, you know, whether they step in the court or not, they helped us win. But those guys who came on the court in big moments really helped too. Cool. That Loris game is the on, only match I was able to see. But I was really glad I was there. It was an exciting night of volleyball for sure. Yeah. Um, about the season, um, it ended with a 24-game winning streak. But it didn't start with a winning streak. Uh, to talk about how the season began. Um, yeah, I feel like I've uh, answered this a lot uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we had a bit of a tough time adjusting from um, the amazing leadership we had last year with uh, seniors Parker Connolly and uh, Blake Arnold. Um, they did a really good job of leading our team, and uh, I think we needed kind of an adjustment period to find that uh find those guys um in our team now um so that kind of um not an excuse but uh we were just having uh trouble kind of connecting with each other uh on the court with our starters um yeah what got better i mean how did you get past that or did it was it just plain time 
I think I think a lot of it had to do with like we like we had different guys on the court that we did last year, and I think we were trying to get, we were getting caught up in trying to be the team we were last year instead of being the team we were this year. And once we like figured all that out and that chemistry kind of came through, and we everyone just started being the man in their own ways. Everyone like stepped up and like made a play when they needed to. And after that third loss against Dominican, we kind of just came together and like, all right, we're done losing. Like we are done losing. Like this is it. Like we're gonna be Carthage volleyball and we're gonna go out there and win games. We're gonna do it the way we can. And it was a little different volleyball than it was last year, but we definitely came together and made some adjustments. I suppose one of the reasons why it was tempting to try to be last year's team is because last year's team was national champion. So you were obviously team in fact did not lose. Yeah, that that's a fact that, that team didn't lose. So yeah, I think um you know, it's every team's job is to search for for leadership and search how you're going to play that year. This team was no different, right? And the message was, I think, all three of those matches, like, um, it doesn't matter how you play in January. You don't win a national championship in January. You win in April. Um, and how good are we going to be in April? And how much do we want to win one? How much do we want to buy into each other? Um, and, and I think, like, that's what makes this group special. And at the end of the day, we won 24 straight, which is actually more than the 23 straight we won the year before. So in a, in a weird way, like, that, that, that ended up being better at the end of the day than it was that first year. But the first national championship season, but th these guys just worked, worked hard and um, you can just see how they believed in each other and trusted each other. Um, and kind of the same way as we talk about in matches, when we get down zero four or, you know, 15, 11 or whatever, we just trust and we believe that um, we're going to battle and, and our work's going to pay off. And um, it did this season as well, that trust and belief in ourselves and in Carthage volleyball in, in each other um, was really important. Cool. Well, let's get to this, uh, final match, which was against uh, Springfield College, which, again, coming into this, uh, was widely regarded as perhaps the best team in the country with, if I remember correctly, a, a, a record of 29-1 and one, uh, versus yours, which I think was 23-3 and three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when you are facing a team like Springfield, uh, Coach, what is your job in terms of sort of figuring out what what your strategies will be or is the basic strategy just to play the best volleyball you can play and let the chips fall combination of both right like um you're in the national championship for a reason so you want to play your style of volleyball that's what got you there that's what you want to keep doing um and that's the message we talk about a lot that's primarily what we talk about as a unit is play carthage volleyball um when we find carthage volleyball we're really really tough to beat um, and work your way to it. Once you find it, don't lose it and stay there. Um, we talk a lot about being relentless with our style. Um, you know, never, never giving any team of room to breathe. Just keep, keep coming at them, keep the offense consistent, keep the service receive consistent, keep your mental game consistent. Um, so that was the message a lot. Now there's a lot of scout that goes in, it's involved with beating any team you play, um, particularly when you're playing for a national championship with teams at that high caliber. Springfield was number one in the country, I think for every week, except for two. <laughs> and for one of those weeks, we were the number one team. So um, yeah, it, 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 that was the team that, I think that was the matchup everybody was looking forward to um, is Carthage versus Springfield all season long, everybody wanted to see it. So I think we were excited to do that, um, to kind of play that matchup. That's the matchup we wanted all year. Um, it's like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, these guys are the ones that make it happen though. We had a nice little meeting before the match with Zach about how he was going to go defend these guys. Um, 
you know, you know, we do a full scout with the team and then our middles did a nice scout before we got into the match and it worked really well. Hmm. How is it that this, uh, ended up happening at Carthage? Uh, yeah. So usually you bid the NCAA tournaments bid out four years in advance. Um, so actually like the, I think we're going to Maryland next year. It's, it's all the way bid out into 2026, I believe right now. Um, so you usually don't, you usually know where you're going this last year. Um, Canton, Ohio, um, bid out and won the bids who were supposed to be Canton, Ohio this year. Um, but the plan was to build an expo center and then for the tournament to be hosted there when it basically opened. And then when COVID hit three years ago, um, the city just kind of nixed the project and didn't build the arena. So, uh, they couldn't play there. And so, um, it's pretty unique that you get to bid out and bid for a national championship in the year that you're going to play it. Um, so we actually put the bid in in like September or something like that to host this championship, knowing the team we had and having just won the national championship. And that you like never get that opportunity to know the team you have going in. And so, um, you know, had that conversation with Nate when it got emailed out that bids are open. Had the conversation with our athletic director, Nate Stewart, and our president, John Swallow, um, and our assistant athletic director, or associate athletic director, Kelsey Peterson, is is would we be willing to put a bid in and put all this work in to host a national championship um, in a year where we felt we had a good opportunity of being there um, and very thankful to president swallow and Nate Stewart, Kelsey Peterson, John Sung, um, Mike Swartz, Sam Boyle, like all the people behind the scenes that helped this thing run to give us an opportunity to play here. Really thankful. I mean, and of course everybody is so thankful that this incredible accomplishment could happen in front of your 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 home fans. I mean, you just couldn't write a better script. Um, Matt Slavinsky, I heard mention of, of you going into this, at least the final match with Springfield, uh, nursing a sore ankle. Um, can you tell us about that and what it took for you to uh, overcome that? Um, yeah, so uh, the game before against Wentworth, um, I landed weird um and kind of twisted my ankle like right at the end of the match and uh i think it was funny because right after it happened i walked over to jw and i think the score was like we were up like 23 to 12 or something like that it was exactly that (laughs) and i was like i think i said like i'm good to play but and then i looked over at the scoreboard and i was like is it worth it right now um yeah i think it was more of a shock than anything um Obviously, going down is never good, but going down in the final four kind of uh, can be really scary. And um, I worked with our athletic trainers and uh, got in the best shape possible. And um, once I uh, got into the game against Springfield, uh, all the adrenaline kicks in and then it wasn't really a problem. Hmm. So you said that you were sure that you were going to win. You, were you really sure that you were going to win or were you telling yourself that you were going to win? <laughs> um, honestly, I like didn't have a doubt in my mind. Like I, I knew our talent and I've seen the talent um, from other teams. And, um, and I also knew that it's my like last year here and I'm not going to lose. <laughs> Zachary Boltice, uh, did you go into that match with Springfield with the same attitude? So, like, I've never 
watch Springfield. I've never really watched their film. I didn't really know much of them. All I've never known is like they've won a lot of national championships and we've lost to them before. Um, so like walking into the gym in the final four, like I didn't know, like we had the opportunity to kind of like watch them play for like a set or two before we played our game. And I was like, these guys are pretty good, but we're better. And it was, I knew it would be a tough game. I knew it would be really, really hard. I didn't, I think we could have done it in three, um, but I was going into that match knowing like, hey, this team is really good. This is going to be a war, but we can definitely win this game. Hmm. Well, it, it really is amazing to watch. And Zachary, one of my favorite moments in the whole match is when you score a kill to tie up the last set at 16-16. Uh, and that for me was a moment where I thought, Yep, I think they're going to take it all. Uh, they just look like, I mean, even though all it was was tied at that point, it just felt like, I think this is going to be a runaway train from this point. Not that you ran away. I mean, it was still, that last set was, what was it, 25-22? Yep, 25-22. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was a convincing, emphatic win. I want to ask you something uh, as we're about out of time. I was impressed as I watched uh, the repeat of it that moment at the end when uh, your two teams are shaking hands. And, you know, that's something we see in lots of different athletic contests, but in many cases it feels very perfunctory, like you're just kind of going through the motions and scarcely grunting at each other. It didn't look like that. It looked like their guys and your guys were really connecting in that moment. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's wishful thinking, but it just felt like there was some real mutual respect there could you just tell us about that moment um yeah i think we after that game we both had an immense amount of respect for each other uh being like basically the two best teams in the country um and i think that we both played our hearts out and that's just something that like you i, I mean we're on the good side of it but that's just something you can't be mad at um i mean we're a good team they're a good team they have really good players um, I think it, I, I mean, for me, it was like, like sad that we ended their season almost, even though we won, I was still like sad for them. Yeah. I, I mentioned that, uh, like slips at one point I was saying like, cause we, I remember against like the Dominican game, like that was one where like, we knew a lot of the guys on the other side of the court from like playing back home. And it's like kind of crazy to think like, like, sorry, like we have to end your season, but we have to play and it was like, it sucks that it has to be you guys, but like, we want to win just as much. And like, you kind of like, know, like it's sad, but at the same time, it's like, you guys got just as far as us. Like you guys played great. You played out of your minds, but only one team can go. And in that national championship, like I don't know any of those guys, never met any of those Springfield players. And like, I thought they like, it's a lot easier for us to be like, Hey, like good game. Like, like, but for them to like kind of come up to us and like shake our hands and say, congratulations, you guys played really good. And for each one of their players to kind of do that was really, really impressive. It's never a fun thing to end somebody's season. That's not like, and, and so we've been on the good side of it for two years now where we got to do it on our terms. Right. But we've all, we've all been on the other side of that where somebody else ends your season and, and you, you know what that feeling's like in, you know, in it's not fun. So, uh, especially the Dominican, like those are a bunch of friends of ours. And so to feel like, to, to know what that emotion feels like, you know, you, you don't want it. You want to make sure that they feel okay. And, and they know they're competitors and, and they play their tails off.
Right. Well, it was an incredible battle, and Carthage, of course, came out on top and really demonstrated uh, incredible excellence uh, and and grace in victory. And uh, it was something that that uh, those of us, either who were there in person or saw it after the fact, are never going to uh, forget. Matt Slavinsky, we just have a couple seconds left, but I understand you hope to play uh, overseas uh, as Dalen Instinus has been doing. Uh, uh, is that still your hope? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I'm super excited to uh, try and get that opportunity. Um, I'm working on getting over there right now. And thanks to um, our assistant coach, Will Craft, he actually played over there. So he's been helping me out a lot. Cool. Well, we wish you well because we want to see a lot more volleyball from you. And Zach Bultice, we're glad that you're back at Carthage for actually a couple more years. So it'll be great to see you uh, continuing to do your your uh, your marvelous work on the court. And uh, Coach J.W. Keekheffer, you have a lot to be proud of, uh, of yourself and of your, uh, your amazing team. And congratulations to all three of you on this great uh, accomplishment. And thank you for being my guests on the morning show. This was really, really fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.